do things uh, in my heart to sing a song of worship and also but I believe this is very urgent and I think I need to do this first there is somebody in the house this morning and I hope everybody is listening to me and I hope those guys with airport and airport actually listening and you can hear so if you have them on I'm going to ask you to please remove them male or female they cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God there is nothing special about any of us Pastor Fred, Pastor Weber we are all beloved of God God loves us equally. But one thing that makes a difference between me and you, between you and someone else, and technical, please keep working on this, will be your faith in God. The just shall live by his faith, not by his father's faith, even though the father is, a, is an evangelist or an apostle. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. The just shall live by his faith. You can't live by the faith of your church. You live by your own faith. Amen? Romans 1, 16, 17, Paul the Apostle said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jews first, and then to the Greek. He said, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith in God makes a difference. It separates the men from the boys. So it's important when you come to church, amongst other things, to hear. You heard the testimony of the last guy? Never used to listen. Never used to listen. He will be on his phone. But when he started listening, things also started happening. He has a clothing line now and he's doing well to the glory of God. The devil is not powerful over a believer. Don't give him all the credit. What he does is to deceive us. And if we buy into the deception, then he keeps us on the spot. God didn't speak to Moses until Moses said, I will now turn and see why the bush was burning and the grass was not consumed. It is that moment of decision. When you turn to God, then you will hear what he has to say. When you listen to the word and you participate in every part of the service, then you will encounter God. Can I have an amen to that? So two things I said. We will dedicate all the testimonies to King Jesus. Because he's the doer of them all. It's not Pastor Fred. I'm only privileged to be around when God is doing his work. God is the doer of the work. Now please listen to this. Every time we come to church, I want you to know that God is here. Please. The greatest thing I want to pass across to you today is that in every service, 
whether here or ICC or Satellite Church or Junior Church, we have a covenant with God in this ministry. God is here. And because God is here, anything can happen. Cancer can disappear, even if you had it. Did you hear what I said? Failure can flip. And what you see is success. You may come to church downtrodden, but you go back rejoicing. Amazing testimonies today that I've never heard before. God is in the midst of his people. So I want to address that one person that is in church. The Holy Spirit brought that to me. And these were your thoughts as the testimonies were ongoing. Good for you. You guys are speaking all the English because of your background. Your background is better than mine. You don't know what I'm going through. Good for you, good for you. But what about me? When will God ever answer me? And the Lord heard you. If you are that person, don't come out. Don't lift your hand. Don't worry. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to bless you. Isaiah 49, verses 14 and 15. Media, you can please put that on the screen. If you are that person, this is the word of the Lord to you. Isaiah 49, verses 14 and 15. But Zion said, now Zion is the house of God. The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. There is somebody in the house this morning that feels forsaken, feels forgotten. Maybe the person is even online, watching and listening to all the testimonies. Verse 15, this is the response of the Lord. Can a woman forget a sucking child? The NIV says, can a woman, for, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? That she should not have compassion on the son of a womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet, will I not forget you? Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Now, you don't understand that. Give that to me in AMPC. Amplified classic, please. And let me say, we are not doing well enough that God is doing these amazing things in our midst and in our lives and you are not telling someone else to come with you to church. I don't want to ever see empty seats again in this church, especially at the back. They are meant for human beings. If God is working in your life, you are a living testimony. <laughs> Preach that gospel. It is Jesus. You don't need to know Genesis to Revelation. God is turning things around in my life. Come and know that same God. Period. Follow them up. Invite them. Let's not be ungrateful. Let's not be selfish. Look at verse 16, the Amplified Classic. And then we worship. Behold, God said, I have indelibly imprinted tattooed a picture of you on the palm of each of my hands, O Zion. I mean, this generation understands tattoo. Do you understand what a tattoo is? God said, I have tattooed a picture of you 
on the palm of each of my hands, O Zion. Your walls are continually before me. I want that person to put their hands, all eyes closed, on your bosom, your, your stomach area. If you are that person feeling down this morning, feeling like God, you have forgotten about me. When am I going to have a testimony? When are you going to come through for me? Close your eyes. Look inwards. The Lord Jesus is on the inside of you this morning. He was the one that quickened this work in my heart for you. And it will have me tell you that Christ in you is the hope of glory. He said even though it looks as though it tarries. Wait. Wait for him. For he shall surely come and shall not tarry. For he makes all things beautiful in his own time. And the Lord will have me tell you, you are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And nothing is going to change that. Nothing you do will ever reduce my love for you like nothing you do can increase the love. I love you already with an everlasting love. All I want you to do this morning, see the Lord, is to embrace my love. Believe that I love you and embrace it and that marks a beginning, a new beginning in your journey. That will revolutionize your thinking and as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And if you think and you know and you believe, that I love you, then you begin to see my love in everything that you do, saith the Lord. Because I gave my word this year that this is going to be the year of your settlement, and I mean it. And this year is not over. I don't need a long time to do a big thing, saith the Lord. All I need you to do is to believe. Believe, 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 and you will rejoice. And people will rejoice with you. All that here will rejoice with you, saith the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Be quiet now and let the Lord minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All the glory must be to the Lord for he is worthy of our praise and if you're expecting a testimony sing that song, worship him no, no man, man on earth should give glory to, to himself all the glory all the glory must be to the Lord. All the glory, all the glory must be to the Lord. To my Father, for 
Giving you the key. Make sure your Bible is open, everybody. Looking into your Bible. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. The brothers, verse 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Verse 3, our sisters. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endureth forever. All of us, verse 4. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. Brother, brothers, verse 5. To him that by wisdom laid down wisdom, for there is no other. 
Sisters, verse 6. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. All of us, verse 7. To, to him that made, made great lights, for, for his mercy endureth forever. forever. Brothers, verse 8. The sun to rule by the day, for his mercy endureth forever. The sisters, verse 9. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. All of us, verse 10. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. Brothers, verse 11. Sisters, verse 12. All of us, verse 13. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. Brothers, verse 14. Sisters, verse 15. All of us, verse 16. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. Brothers, verse 17. Sisters, verse 18. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. All of us, verse 19. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. Brothers, verse 20. Sisters, verse 21. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. All of us, verse 22. Even an heritage unto Israel is servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Brothers, verse 23. Oh, remember those in our lower estate, and your voice is low. Sisters, I think they love Jesus more. Verse 24. And has redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Verses 25 and 26, we read them all together. Let's go. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Give him a shout of praise.
wish you a merry Christmas. I want to wish you a merry Christmas. Come on now. I want to wish you a merry Christmas. From the bottom of my heart. You're just an amazing group of people. God will honor you in Jesus' name. Now, this is very instructive. God is doing some strange work in our midst in this season, and I do not want anybody to miss out. I mean, look at the amazing testimonies we had this morning, even more than the MC could take, and she had to look at me for permission. That has always, always been a prayer. That will have more testimonies than time would permit. Testimonies like exaggeration. I mean, when someone said uh, Jackpa, Jackpa has opened the door for someone, and then all of a sudden been promoted to being a supervisor, and you are talking to multinationals, you are talking to U.S. government, you are talking to them. Yeah, people who do that don't have two heads. So it is our time and our turn, and our season and our day. Can I have an amen? Many more of such will happen in this house. Don't look down on yourself. To look down on yourself is to look down on the work of God. Because you are the work of God. Can I have an amen? I don't want anybody to leave this house feeling inferior to anybody for anything. You are God's child. Amen? Do you know who I am? Who are you? I am God's child. Do you know what that means? If I say I'm Buari's child, you, you want to behave yourself. 
I'm Biden's child. You want to behave yourself? Look, I'm not Buhari's anything. I'm not Joe Biden's anything. I'm, the, I'm a child of the Most High God. The one who was never voted in and will never be voted out. Our God and our Father reigns forever. Can I have an amen to that? God has been doing some amazing things and I don't want you to miss out. Like I said, I'm... I'm um, so I'll tell you the lineup of events that we need to look forward to in this season. Don't joke with any of them. God can meet you at any service. My wife was reminding me certain things this morning that I always say. I said, look, <laughs> anytime we call a meeting, even if it's a rehearsal, amazing things happen. Angels are with you during your choir rehearsals, during your drama rehearsals. Any good thing can happen for you. That's why you ought to be there. They call a meeting in church, be there. They call a meeting on your campus, be there. God is not limited by time. He doesn't dwell in time. He dwells in one eternal continuum. What does that mean? Now. By the time we get to tomorrow, we will say tomorrow. God says now. God doesn't have any tomorrow. It's now. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 verse 8. Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I was at um, the Stone Campus Fellowship last Monday, last Wednesday. <laughs> Woohoo! We had an amazing, made an amazing time in that, in that hall, the senior common room. And were you blessed? I was blessed myself coming. And I want to register my profound appreciation to the leadership and the workforce of that fellowship. Please come and celebrate them this morning. Celebrate them. And all the UI students that turned up and some of my people here that showed up to support them in one way or the other, God will honor you in Jesus' name. I mean, you guys really honored me. They loaded me down with stuff. I mean, stuff. By the time we got home and we're unpacking, my wife said, these people really know you. I said, they really know me. They had a coup. They look for the things I like. And my first Christmas hamper came. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to say you should give me hamper, please. Rather, I, I want to even bless. Uh, and I've made some provision to bless, uh, to bless us. Um, so, at that meeting, the spiritual atmosphere was top notch. And we had Judah yesterday. At the ICC, some of you didn't get to know. Please, I'm going to plead with you before I begin to preach this morning. Make sure you belong to at least one WhatsApp group of the church. Whether a fellowship, whether a ministry, whether the XPH Connect. Belong somewhere so that whatever information is given out, you can always be kept abreast of it. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? So that you don't miss out on any. I'm saying this because God is doing amazing things. One of our sisters, so worship God last night. The devil was mad at her. She was one of the testifiers. She didn't give us details. On our way home, she was robbed along this Mokola road, straight down. Now, I want to say again, anytime we have an evening service and we're going, please don't walk alone. I always insist walk in groups, two or three. If anybody wants to attack the group, they will have to think twice. Now, angels are always with you. Can I have an Amen. And I wanted to activate that also, activate their ministry. 
those people behave like the devil, their father, who sends them on errands to steal phones and all of that. Now, she's a medical student. She has a test tomorrow. And you know what that means? With loads of materials on that phone. And I said to her, don't worry. God knows. And God is with you. And this one, this test, you will so pass it that you will know this wasn't me. And God is going to get the glory. Can I have an amen to that? You know, because sometimes we think it's about us. I read, I read everything back to back. Hey, it's not about how much you can read. It is not of him that willeth, Romans 9, 16, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So let God be God. Can I have an amen? So please, let's endeavor to work in groups when we have an evening service, especially. There are some miscreants down that road. God will deal with them. And we pray also that they, they will find Christ. God will deal, deal with them. And in dealing with them, they will find Christ. Amen. Um, so, this Thursday is going to be another service you should not miss for anything. Today, by the grace of God, is the last Sunday service here. Next Sunday service is Christmas, and we're going to be at the ICC. It's a combined service, all right? So this is our last Sunday service together. So you must be ready for the word of God, amen? Now, this Thursday, we have invited two orchestra groups to join our choir. And we have titled this, A Taste of Christmas. This is the very first of its kind. Usually, December, we just do our December, and then we mingle with the ICC, and then people just travel home and all of that. But no. Even if you are going to travel, travel after Thursday. I want you to wait till Thursday, 22nd, 12th, 22nd. Amen, praise God. And let us be in that Christmas atmosphere. Let's create that atmosphere and let's run with it. And I believe God in his mercy will meet each and every one of us in ways that are beyond our expectations. Okay, so you don't know that God can do beyond your expectation, right? I'll give you a scripture for that. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. If you can't think it, can you expect it? You only expect what you can think. I can think of whatever, so I expect it. God can do beyond what you can think. So he can do beyond your expectation. Actually, if you look at the AMPC, it talks about beyond your highest prayers. Okay, let's read that together. One, two, go, church. Now, to him who by, in consequence of, the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over. Is that far over? Or just enough? Far over and above all. How much? All that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, Thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That sounds like expectations to me. God is going to blow your mind. I don't like that bust my brain thing, but it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> the remaining days of this year, God will be giving you mind-blowing testimonies. And I mean mind-blowing testimonies. Testimonies that you know, no, I don't deserve this. Lord, this is just you. It will happen in the name of Jesus. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but God is going to happen to you. King Jesus will show himself strong on your behalf. All that here will laugh with you in the name of Jesus. And listen, somebody said they've been mocking me too much. If they don't mock you, how will God make you? Those who have been laughing at you will be fast. The remaining how many days of this year? How many days do we have to the rest of the year? 
Any engineer, any mathematician here? How many more days to the end of the year? How many days to the end of the year? I'm hearing different things. How many days to the end of the year? 13. 13. One, three, right? Glory be to God. So for the remaining 13 days of this year, God will be blowing your mind every day. You will have testimonies like exaggeration. The kind of testimony you share, people say, ah, ah, no, not so, not so. Is, is that the way God does it? Now, don't joke with the utterances coming from here because they are backed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to preach and then we have our thanksgiving. I hope you are ready to give thanks to God. I've titled this, The Attitude of Gratitude. In every situation and circumstance in life, God looks at our attitude. Whether positive situation or negative. It is therefore important for us as Christians to pay close attention to our attitude in every situation. Attitude, they say, is everything. There was a time I preached a message not too long ago. A series, actually, titled Attitude is Everything. Go and get that series. It's free. <laughs> it is changing lives. It will change your life. They are not my words. They are the words of King Jesus himself. Paul, the apostle, in addressing the elders of the church of Ephesus, when he was at Miletus, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, emphasized the importance of their attitude to themselves and to the work of God. He said to them in verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves. Let me tell your neighbor, take it to yourself. Now, when you say take heed, that is King James English. He's saying pay close attention to yourself and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. That's my job in this house. To take it to myself and to pay attention to you guys. That's why some of you say, Pastor would slide into my DM. Pastor would look at my status and query me and say, what did you just post? What is that? I've done some screen munching and I've had to write a comment on them and I'll send it back to the person that posted and say, what is this? He said, take it therefore unto yourselves and to the flock, to all the flock. Over the week, the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. It is the Holy Ghost that makes a pastor a pastor over the living church of God. There are some pastors that made themselves pastors. The Holy Ghost didn't make them. It is the Holy Spirit that makes your leader, your HOM, to be your head of ministry. So they can pay attention to themselves, their own attitude, and then to you. And furthermore, he said, to feed the church of God. The church needs to be fed. Not motivational tips, but to be fed the word of God. Motivation speaks to your head. The word of God speaks to your heart. It feeds your spirit man. And anytime you are in the church and you are fed by the Holy Ghost, you are fed the word of God, your spirit knows. Can I have an amen to that? Which he has purchased with his own blood. Also, in 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul said to Timothy's son in the ministry, he said, take heed unto thyself. Pay attention to your own attitude. 
unto the doctrine, continuing them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Take it unto yourself means pay close attention to yourself, especially to your attitude. Sometimes it's easier to pay attention to the attitude of other people and we quickly spot their errors and flaws and mistakes, but we hardly pay attention to our own attitude. We hardly pay attention to ourselves. There are different kinds of attitude. Gratitude is one of them. Ingratitude is another. And it is rife in the days in which we live. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul began to write also by the Holy Ghost to Timothy, a young pastor, from verse 1. He said, now know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And what will be the characteristics of those perilous times? He began to enumerate them. He said, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, self-love, which is the order of the day today. Paul saw this by the Spirit many, many years ago. He said, be careful because it will come. I don't love anybody. I love myself. It's me, me, me and myself. I, me and myself. The ungodly trinity. Men shall be lovers of themselves. He said, they shall be covetous. They will covet what other people have. Ojukokoro. Covetousness will be the order of the day. They will be boasters. Do you know who I am? Do you know my dad? Do you know my mom? Do you know how much I spend on my dog? How much we used to feed our, our animals at home? Busters. He said, they will become proud. They will become blasphemers. And if there's anything called blasphemy, go to social media today. People blaspheme the church. They blast pastors. They blast the fathers of faith. Young people who have not even started life. They have become blasphemers. They speak against tithing. They speak against giving in charge. They speak against all kind of things that they don't even know. And they claim they know. People shall become disobedient to parents. Isn't it funny that Paul, the aged, saw this in the realm of the spirit many, many years ago when it had not yet happened. He looked into the future by the help of the Holy Spirit and he saw this generation. And one of the signs of the end time is that many will become disobedient to parents. Look at yourself. Are you not disobedient to your parents? Are you obedient to your parents or are you disobedient? Do you think uh, it's just the norm? I mean, I, I want to live my life. They should leave me alone. I'm, I'm old enough. I can take my decisions. Paul said it's one of the signs of the perilous times that will come. Next to that, he said they will become unthankful. Many people will become ungrateful. In the days in which we live, many are unthankful. They wake up in the morning and, and he's. Is this the country that somebody should wake up in? Everybody's jackman now. I don't even have money to jackman. I want to jack about there's no money. God, when? Instead of giving thanks to God that you have life. So say, well, what, what is what? Merry Christmas, Kini. I beg, what is merry about the Christmas? When somebody does not have clothes to wear, it's the same clothes I wore last Christmas. I'm going to wear this Christmas again. It's not even good to me at all. Will you thank God that you have a body to put the clothes on? Which one is more important? The body or the clothes? Now, come and talk to me, John. The body or the clothes? Next to that, he said unholy, and so on and so forth. It's one of the attitudes that will become prevalent when the perilous times come. And now, we are beginning to see these things. Why is God bringing this up? He's bringing it up because he wants us to have a change of attitude. Attitude is everything. There's a saying that 
a bad attitude is like a flat tire. You're not going anywhere unless you change it. So, it's important when God brings a message like this to us, it is important for us to pay attention because God is going somewhere. Thanksgiving is not supposed to be a once in a year service in the church. Thanksgiving is not even supposed to be a special service in the church. Thanksgiving is supposed to be the life we live every day. If we think about what God has done for us in Christ, I will tell you very briefly what the gospel is about. If we think about that on a daily basis, we'll be giving thanks to God every day for Jesus. What Jesus did for us is like, imagine you in primary school or in secondary school. And you all messed up in class. Some of you smoked cigarettes in class. Some watched pornography. Some stole money. Some were doing all kind of things, very bad things in class. And the principal got to know. So the principal came to your class. I said, wow, I've heard that you guys are very rebellious and disobedient and very terrible children in this class. I'm going to make sure you don't graduate from this school and I'm going to deal with all of you. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with you. I've invited the military police to come and give each of you 25 strokes of the cane. Lashes. 25. And in that class, we're about 100. 25 times 100 will give us something like 2,500. Is, is that right? And all of you started fidgeting. All of you started, you know, getting into trepidation. And you all started developing cold feet. And you all started shaking. Oh my God! Military! 25! Ah! When you get that from a teacher, a normal civilian teacher, is bad enough. Now from a military person. And while you are all thinking, how am I going to escape? What am I going to do? Am I not going to die today? One person stands up in your class. And the person says, Principal, it is true we are all guilty. It is true we have all done very badly and we have disappointed you. But guess what I'm going to do, ma'am? Please, put all the strokes of everybody on me. 2,500. Yes. Going to make myself available. Beat me until everything is complete. Let somebody be recording it. One, two, all the way to 2,500. I'm not going to get up from the floor. Do that. And the whole class goes, eh? And it says, guys, I'm going to do it for you. Guys and babes, don't worry about it. I'm going to take it for you. What? And truly, he steps forward and invite the military folks and they begin to beat. And you guys are counting. And you are counting. And you are counting. From 5 to 10 to 25, 75, 750, 1. Until he gets to 2,500 and he satisfies the wrath of the principal. One person. The rest of us are free now. Glory to God. So we are going to graduate. And we are not going to be beaten. Because one person took the punishment for all of us. Now listen what happens. This is how the devil now behaves. The devil will now come. After the principal has left, everybody has left, you guys are fine. Now you are now living right. You are trying to now behave yourself because, ah, what with what this guy took for us, we don't want him to take it again. But the devil shows up in the form of another teacher. And shows up and comes to your class. Hello? I've been told that you guys are bad. You're terrible. You're horrible. You're not good at all for anything. 
I'm going to start beating you now. And I'm going to give each of you 25 strokes of the cane. Now your response will be, ah, excuse me, sir. <laughs> excuse me, sir. That same thing you said, yeah, you are right. We were guilty before. We were this, we were that. But this one guy took it all for us and we are free now. No, you are not free. I'm going to beat you. The military beat you their own. I will not beat you the teacher's own. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's exactly what the devil does. Jesus took our, our sin by the same token. He took the punishment for the sin. He took our sicknesses and diseases. He took our poverty and lack. The threefold cord of the curse is spiritual death, which is eternal separation from God, and early physical death. People that have 19, 29, 39, 45, not from God. Two, the second fold, sickness and disease. The third fold, poverty and lack. Jesus took it all upon himself on the tree so that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Can I have an amen to that? But Satan will come and say, you are going to have breast cancer. Yeah? You are supposed to have it. Don't you know how you lived two years ago before you met Christ? And then you oh, I'm going to have breast cancer. Oh God. Hey! You need to look him in the face and say, get out of here in the name of Jesus because Jesus took the breast cancer in my place. Somebody didn't come to church. The devil comes to your room and says, well, you're going to die of failure. Your life will never matter because you're not supposed to matter anyway. Look at your background. Your dad didn't go to school. Your mom didn't go to school. How come you think you're going to be something great in life? You are not supposed to be great. Look at your genealogy. Has anybody ever been great? And truly, if you look at your genealogy, nobody has ever been great. So why do you think you're going to be great? You know why? You should not only think but know you are going to be great because of Jesus. He took that curse of being small and gave you the blessing to be great. Can I have an amen to that? So you need to run that teacher out of your class and say, Sir, that's the way out in the name of Jesus because someone has paid the price and is not going to pay it again. And I am not going to pay it. That is how Christians are supposed to be rough. You are supposed to be rough with the devil. Oh, I'm feeling a boil in my stomach area. And as a medical student or as a nursing student, I already have an idea what that means. It's around the liver area. And you're already buying it. You are supposed to be rough. Some of us are too gentlemanly. We permanently take on our sheep nature. We live out our lion nature. We have forgotten that the Lamb of God that sits upon the throne is also the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's a time to be gentlemanly. There's a time to roar. You roar the devil. Can I have an amen? Now you are 20, you will never see your 21st birthday. It tells you that. And you start crying. <laughs> no, no. Jesus took that death so that I might live. Can I have an amen to that? Did he not say in Psalm 91 verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Are you satisfied yet? God said he will give you long life until you are satisfied. I am not going, Fred the leg is not going anywhere until the day I said, Lord, now I'm satisfied. That's the way a Christian should die. 
not to die by accident. Not to die by surprise. Your meet yourself in heaven. Ah! Heaven. Okay, it's nice. Let, let me stay here. No, 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 no. Paul said, I don't even know whether to go now or to stay. If I go, I will be with the Lord. But if I stay, it's for your advantage. And let me try this more. I went to send to God. He said, now I'm ready. I've finished my course. Have you finished your course? Jesus, don't forget that analogy I gave you. I'm going to repeat it on Thursday. Jesus took the punishment of all of us on himself. The devil comes behind and says, we are going to take that punishment again. Every time you see sickness on your body, that is what it is. He was crucified. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Isaiah 3 and verse 5. And with his stripes we are healed. Surely he took our infirmities. He carried our sorrows. He bore it upon himself. In his own body. He could have sent an angel, but he said, no, I will do it myself. How can Jesus bear something and I'm going to bear it again? If you, that's salvation. That's the gospel. If you think about that alone every day, you'll be thanking God. And I'm in that mode now. Every day of Thanksgiving, I'm driving, and then I have to stop somewhere because maybe my family wants to make some purchases. The moment I park my car, I think about my salvation. That's why I always love Deborah, the dental student. Every time she comes up here, I want to thank God for the salvation of my soul. It's a beautiful thing that I'm saved. Before you begin to thank God for the Mercedes and the, and, 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 and the Chrysler and, and, and the Aston Martin, the first thing to thank God for is that you are saved. Money cannot buy that. That I'm abundantly saved. When I'm done in my sojourn on earth, I'm going to be with Jesus forever. So I'm saved and I'm blessed to have him now in my life. Can I have an amen? So whether I live in a mansion or I don't live in one, it's not what is important to me. I'm in here. And if we so desire, we'll have it. God doesn't mind us having things, but he minds things having us. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, for whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. But the problem with us many times is that those things already have us. When you are going to bed like this, ah, iPhone 14, oh, iPhone 14. You wake up in the morning, instead of giving thanks to God, you go to your phone and Google, what is the latest price now? Who is having your attention? Who is having your soul? Who is possessing your soul? Church, we should live a life of thanksgiving. Every day. I tell my wife and I tell myself, I tell people, I don't know what my life would have looked like today if I didn't have Jesus. Maybe I would have perished. Because I know the kind of life I had the tendency to live. What's your attitude at this end of the year? Is it about Christmas clothes and chicken? Or about the Christ that made Christmas available? People celebrate Christmas in sin. They go to their boyfriend's house and have sex for Christmas to celebrate the birth of the Savior that rescued them from sin. They use sin to celebrate it. Is that not madness? People go to the pubs and the clubs are filled up this season. Ah, they make a lot of sales now. They are drinking themselves to stupor. 
in the celebration of the Savior from sin. They are using sin to celebrate it. So that means it's not being celebrated. They are celebrating the devil. What a shame. And those of us who are Christians, we ought to know better. Every time Christmas approaches, it should remind us of the birth of the one who came to the world and brought joy. The angels echoed joy to the world and peace among men. Peace from God to the people. Peace. Glad tidings of great joy. Somebody say thank God for Jesus. If anybody asks you, what is your most prized possession? What is your most prized possession? What is your costliest possession? What is your most expensive treasure? Don't, tell, don't mention that Gucci bag. Don't mention the car you drive. Mention the salvation of your soul because it cannot be purchased with money. And if you are not yet saved this morning and you are listening to me, I want you to please surrender your heart. It is the most valuable decision you will ever make in your life. It is second to none. Listen, church. It is not what life throws at you that is important. It is your attitude to what life throws at you. More so, listen to this also. It is not just the promises of God in the Bible that are important, but our attitude to the promises of God. The attitude always makes a difference and can determine the outcome of our lives. The attitude. In Isaiah 66 and verse 2, God said, which house have you built for me? What? My hands made all these things. All those things my hand has made and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. Who is the man? Even to him that is poor, not that is poor because he doesn't have money, he's talking about the condition of his heart. A man that feels, look, without you, Lord, I have nothing. And the father said, and of a contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. Expression house. And those of you joining us online, do you tremble at the word of God? When you hear certain testimonies there, you know that these people are trembling at the word of God. When you hear things like, <laughs> it's very easy to backslide, but man, when I hear the word like this, I come back. It means you are trembling. Any of us can misbehave. Listen, there's none of us that doesn't know how to sing. We don't need to learn it. It's nature. It's not natural with us. You, nobody teaches a child to lie. We all grew up lying. Have you? Did you go to school and say, today, the subject is lie. Chapter 1, how to tell a lie. Chapter 2, how to tell a black lie. Chapter 3, how to tell a white lie. Chapter 4, how to call the truth, whatever. Nobody taught us that. We just grew up into it. And where's your, Where are you coming from? Uh, when I was coming, the road broke into two and I was trying to fix it. Where are you coming from? I mean, it was just natural. Who took that money? Who took the meat in the pot? Nobody taught you. You just felt like the meat was looking at you. You saw the meat and the meat saw you. God blessed the you and God blessed the meat. Amen, praise God. <laughs> it was just natural from the Adamic nature that we inherited from Adam. The fallen state of man. Ancient word ever true. Changing you and changing me. That day we came to a service 
And the preacher stood up and preached. And we thought, this man is describing my life. And the man made an altar call at the end of the service. And we came out and we gave our lives. And since then, the same word that changed us has been changing us. And we are not yet fully changed until it comes. We keep changing into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. Praise God. Amen. Somebody getting blessed this morning. So we should give thanks to God that we're even changing. Sometimes when Grace Olujobi comes here and she share, she's sharing her testimony, she said, because I knew, you know, this is the way she does. I knew the life that I used to lead. But I thank God. I'm just grateful. Some of you are looking at it. You know, Angela, because you are, you're the only born again. Even me, I'm born again. You don't appreciate what God has done for you. If you appreciate it. Some say, ah, honestly, Pastor, you should leave me alone. Let me enjoy myself for some time. You know, when we taste the world, then we now come back and see whether, hey, you better thank God that he has arrested you early. Like one girl shared this morning, that he has arrested you early. Otherwise, if the devil gives you a knock on your head, you won't like it. That guy is ruthless and merciless. Some people just went to try out once, to try the world. That was it, HIV. Just to try. What does sex feel like? I just want to have it and just have it. It's not like I, 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 I just want to do it once and say, Father, forgive me. Once the day escape. Thank God for your life. Thank God for the salvation of your soul. Some people, the same drug that you used to take, the same drug, they took one more, just one more dose, and they lost their mind forever. They are still today patients in PLU, UCH, Professor Lambo Unit. And maybe you would have joined them to take that one more dose, but somebody preached Christ to you. You don't know that it's only one more dose. Somebody needs to be mad. Just one more. You have been taking, 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 taking. One day your cup will be full. Your cup was almost full. Jesus showed up. And today you are saying, thank God for the salvation of your soul. The devil sets us up a lot. He sets us up a lot. That's why we ought to be grateful. Can I have an amen to that? Thank you, Jesus, must be a common phrase from your heart through your mouth. I say that again. Thank you, Jesus. You can be in lecture theater. Think of your, 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 your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. It should be a common phrase. The man of God, Smith Wigglesworth, God used that man mightily. In the area of faith, he raised the dead 14 times in his ministry. 14, how many times? To raise one dead person. <laughs> you think it's a joke? If you've ever made an attempt before, can I see your hand up? Somebody died and you wanted to raise them up. I have done that a number of times. Okay. How did you feel? <laughs> At the end, when the person did not rise, Oh, Lord, you quoted all the scriptures you knew. Father, you remember that day? You were, you were reminding Jesus as if you forgot. As you were going, you now met the son, the dead son of the widow of Nain. And they were carrying him in the casket. And you stopped the procession. And you touched the corpse as I touched the corpse now. For a dead person to come back to life, at least three gifts of the spirit are in operation. One, the gift of faith. That's the gift of special faith. That gift does not do a miracle. It receives a miracle. If you have not been coming to Bible study, you've missed a lot. Go and get the series. It receives anything. Number two, the working of miracles. That's also a gift. Working of miracles is a phrase, but it's a gift. 
You need that gift to raise the person back to life. The gift of faith will receive their spirit. The working of miracles will raise them back to life. Then you need the operation of the gifts of healings. So that whatever killed them would be healed completely. Otherwise, somebody can be, the spirit can be received to the body through the gift of faith. And through the working of miracles, they are raised back to life. But if the gifts of healings is not in operation, the thing that killed them before will kill them. They will die again. You have heard of born again before. There's also die again. Are you with me, church? Smith Wigglesworth operated that 14 times. Three gifts at a, at a go in operation. One of those cases was a woman. The woman had died. And when he got there, his wife was already there. He entered and went to the cops and began to pray. Began to pray. The wife said, Smith, she's dead. He didn't even listen to the wife. You know what he did? He carried the body of the dead woman and took the body to the wall and positioned the body on the wall against the wall like this. A dead body against the wall. And he held the body and spoke to that body. As he held it, he said, now, come back to life. Walk in the name of Jesus. And he walked away. Normally, naturally, the body was supposed to fall down. Bars. The person walked. Fourteen times. Smith Wigglesworth. Recently, I found out one of the secrets of his life. Thanksgiving. He was always conscious of the presence of God. People that were close to him said he was rude. You know why they said he was rude? Because he would not engage with you in banters. He would not engage in useless talks, gossips. Do you know that lady in our church? She's now pregnant. You know who impregnated her? The brother that normally sings. Oh. You know that brother that we sing one song with tongue ten times? Yeshu. Jesus is in this house. Can I have an amen? 
is not only in this house. If you are born again, it's in your heart. It's in you. Nothing in this world should defeat you again. And when I sleep, pastor, depress me down. Who are depressors? You should begin to oppress your oppressors. When you show up, the witches should take off. Are you with me? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You get on the bus, you say, thank you, Jesus. That's why I like the Muslims. If you see the real committed Muslims, if they board a taxi and you are in the taxi, the moment they open the door and sit down, what do they say? I don't know that thing. What do they, there's something they normally say. Maybe some say, Alhamdulillah, or something. Or some say, there's something they say. The power of confession. Christian, we enter. Is this kind of taxi somebody's supposed to be boarding now? God, you can't even buy a car for somebody. There are people that go to club, oh, they, don't, they don't pray to God at all. They have nice cars. Me, I'm tongue-talking, born again. I'm even preaching to them. Look at me now. You can't buy ordinary car. You can't buy for me. Epeleo. It's talking to God like that. Instead of saying that I even have legs to enter a taxi. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's crying. I don't have shoes. I don't have shoes. God, give me shoes. Somebody say, God, I don't even have legs, but I'm alive. Thank you. Your current level is someone else's prayer point. Pastor, I'm 30. I'm 35. Look at my life. I'm 41. I'm 48. Look at me. Is this where my mates are? Some of your mates are underneath the, the ground. That's where some of them are. We don't compare ourselves with others. They're comparing themselves among themselves. The Bible says are not wise. I've discovered two things I want to share with you very quickly. Number one, from the word of God. I've discovered from the word, the word of God, that there is an attitude of faith. An attitude of faith. It is also called spirit of faith. Spirit, not as a spiritual being, but an attitude. Second Corinthians 4.13. Media, please put that on the screen for me. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Everybody look at this. I can quote it, but I want us to read it. Let's read together. One, two, go. We having the same attitude of faith. The spirit there is not Holy Spirit. Small letter S. is talking about attitude of faith. Now, what does it do? According as it is written, continue, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and we therefore speak. Can I have an amen to that? I like to call that attitude faithitude. Someone say faithitude. It's an attitude of faith. It is the attitude that says, listen to what it says. No matter what comes, I choose to believe God and take his word as final authority over my life and over my situations. And I will say what I believe. That attitude speaks. It doesn't keep quiet. It doesn't keep mute and allow the enemy to have the last say. No! That attitude does not allow the enemy to have the last say. It was that attitude that was found in David. And it made a difference between David and the entire army of Israel. 1 Samuel 17. Let's look at that very quickly. In the battle of David against Goliath, we look at the battle. 
but we don't look at the attitude. Let me show you the attitude this morning. Are you getting blessed? Are you getting blessed? Are you really getting blessed? I, I want to know. Maybe I should stop right now. 1 Samuel 17, verses 23 to 26. 1 Samuel 17. From verse 23 to 26. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of God, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. He had been speaking these words before David came. Now David came, and he heard what he was saying. And all the men of Israel, look at their own attitude. When they saw the man, what did they do? Fled from him, and were so afraid. They were extremely afraid. That was their own attitude. But David had a different attitude. And the men of Israel said, they were talking to a small boy, 17-year-old, who was not qualified to be in the army because of his age. And the men of Israel said to this guy, have you seen this man that has come up? Hey, he's so big, we can handle him. Surely to defy Israel, is he come up? And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him, with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. What? And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What did you say shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine? And takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? All the entire army saw Goliath as too big to handle. David saw him as too big to miss. Attitude. Anywhere I fire, I can't miss him. Because the guy is so broad. Broad shoulder. Big head. Everything huge. Heavy, heavy. Like my brothers from the east would say, heavy. The guy was heavy. If you, the, the Bible describes his shield. Somebody had to carry his shield. That's to let you know how heavy. David said, no. Anywhere I throw, I meet this guy. I can't miss him. But the Israelite army, said, ah, this is a man or a rock. And they forgot the rock of ages. David had a different attitude. These people had been told about their covenant with God. They were all children of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they forgot about their covenant. David remembered the covenant. David said, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Do you know what that means? When God cut the covenant with Abraham, one of the tokens of the covenant was that every male child should be circumcised. Now, you are all adults. You know what circumcision means. Including those of you looking like the Pope. When you give birth to a male child, you take them to the hospital and they cut the foreskin on their penis or their phallus, like medical people say. Their equipment. They cut the skin, the foreskin. It's a painful process. That's why it's done when a child does not even know pain yet. Even 
to death will cry. But in certain climes, they wait until they've grown. My God, they now have to do surgery. And the men cannot wear clothes for days. This is how they walk. It's not a good time to play football. You can't say, oh yeah, basketball. Ah! That was why Simeon and Levi, their father cursed them. They deceived the men of Shechem to circumcise. You have raped our sister. Don't worry. We'll give that to you in marriage. But you have to circumcise like we are circumcised. We are circumcised. Our, we, are not, we are not like you. We are just there. Do it. We are so they are, we'll circumcise. Give it to marry your sister. So they got them to circumcise. At the peak of the pain, when the men were walking around like that, if they had to go out at all, mostly they stayed indoors. Simeon and Levi got their sword. They sharpened it. And they entered into the tent of the, of the Shechem, the men of Shechem, and they were finishing them. The men could not fight. Fight care. If we say fight quack, fight quack, they couldn't fight. David remembered, we are circumcised. As a token that we have a covenant with the living God. This one is not circumcised. Have you seen his equipment? I know. He's a Philistine. He does not belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He went to that battle on the strength of the covenant. When they say something is going to kill people on your campus, can you stay and say, not me, in the name of Jesus? When they say something is killing people in your family, that's killed your grandfather, great-grandfather, and it's coming to you now, can you say, oh, you got the wrong guy. I feel the symptoms, but you died. Amen? Come on, I said amen. Do you know the meaning of covenant? Covenant is at leper. Anywhere you go, I go. Your strength will cover for my weakness. My strength will cover for your weakness. It's like two brothers or two friends. They are not related, but they come together and say, ah, I'd like you to be my friend. Will you be my friend? Yes, I'll be your friend. Why? You have muscle. You can fight. But hey, I have muscle. I can beat anybody. But I don't, I know some people go. I cannot use the, the bottle, the bottom of a bottle to rise zero. I'm illiterate. Ah, don't worry. Me, see my muscle. Flabby. I can't fight. But you see the thing that God put here. I can finish anybody. Say, ah! Oh, yeah, let's be my friend. Then they come together. So when the legged legged guy goes out, and someone says, ah, look at this one. You are so lepacious. You are, you are, and then slaps him. He doesn't need to fight. His covenant partner is seated over there. Yeah, okay. So you slap him. He says, ah, no, bros, it's not you now. He was the one I fought. No. The big one will beat you to pulp because you slapped his covenant brother. Are you with me? And when somebody that is knowledgeable wants to sue that one to court, the one that is also cerebral will fight for him. Your enemies naturally become my enemies when we're in a covenant. That's why God said to David in Psalm 89, about David actually, he said, I will beat down his foes, his enemies, before his face. Why? Because of my covenant with him. In verse 34, he said, my covenant will I not break, neither will I alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Can I have an amen to that? That was how David brought down Goliath. You know the rest of the story. Goliath kept talking. He said a few words. I don't have time. My time is almost up. Goliath said, I'm going to finish you. Am I a dog that you have come against me with a catapult and stone? Am I a dog? You want to fight a giant? You are coming with catapult? You don't even have the right equipment to fight? 
Oh, I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts. And he cursed David in the name of his God. And David began to talk. And he didn't stop talking. Please, let's just read what David said. This man, David. Go to verse 45. Then David said to this Philistine, David spoke times three of the word that the Philistine spoke. Don't let the enemy speak last over you. Make sure you have the last say. Can I have an amen? The attitude of faith always continues to speak. They look at us there. You go, can you ever make it in life? Tell them, I have made it. I will make it. I will continue to make it. I will make it because Jesus has made it on my behalf. And I have Jesus. Therefore, my life is hidden in Christ. Let them say, oh, Tito, you know, Koto, I must tell you, according to so and so, according to so. You must talk. Look at what David said. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name. Somebody say name. Of the Lord of hosts. That's Jehovah El Sabaoth. The name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. David had an understanding that his generation never had. He said the God of the armies of Israel. Armies meaning physical army and spiritual army. The fighting angels. They were, on their, they were working for them. How can a stone break the skull of a giant? Medical science tells us that the bone here is about the hardest in the body. Isn't that true? The cranium. How can a stone break small stone, smooth stone, self, not rough, smooth? David chose five smooth stones. You know what I believe? When we get to heaven, we'll find out. But let me tell you what I believe. As David shot that stone, an angel guard, guided the stone and supported the stone with the sword underneath. So the sword pierced the head of Goliath and then the stone entered. Hallelujah. That's according to Pastor Fred. But whether you believe it or not, angels were involved in this battle. David knew how to turn his battle to the Lord. You must learn that. Some of you need to stop fighting and turn it to the Lord. See what he said. My God. For I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. God said, hey, Gabriel, is it true? This guy defied me. God was already getting ready. David didn't stop there. He said, this day, someone said, this day, will the Lord deliver you into my hand? God said, yes, yes, I will deliver him into your hand. God can deliver you from the enemy. God can deliver the enemy into your hand. May you enjoy both in the name of Jesus. And I will smite you and take your head from you. David, how can you take somebody's head? Can you take a head with catapult? But David was not lying. David was speaking faith. Amen? Some of you, you need to begin to decree what you want to become in the future now. Let it sound like a lie. And I will be with the United Nations. And I will be sitting on the board of UN. And I will be sitting with, with the people that matter in World Health Organization. And I will be representing the whole of Africa. And I'm telling you the whole of Sub-Saharan Africa. And I'm telling you, I'll be, meeting, I'll be eating dinner with the United States President. They say, ah! Let them use their own mouth to run themselves down. Use your mouth to go up. 
the amazing things God has done in my life. Ah, look, you, I beg you, use your mouth to your advantage. And I'll be saying, I will, I will go to London. I will speak and people will listen to me. I will go to America. I remember a picture I took in the year 2000. I was 20 years old. In 2000, I wrote at the back of that picture. You know, I was a guy at that time. I had these black specs, sun shield, and I was wearing an Akube Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Akube. I didn't have money for new, but most shack up again. Akube. I washed it. It was clean. I wore my trainers and my, my pair of jeans, the only jeans I had. I was bouncing somewhere in Jericho. I was going to teach some of my students. So one of them had a camera. I saw a photographer. I said, oh yeah, take my picture. That road in Jericho, I will tell you some of that are familiar with Jericho. If you know where All Saints School, school is in Jericho, the, I think it's primary school, there's an event center opposite it now, Asha's or Asha's place. That's the same line where there's Toby School, something like that. That road goes out to Jericho, total, opposite Manhattan Hall, cruiser, where they have cruiser now. Directly opposite, there's a road. It was that road. In the year 2000. Down that road, at the bottom, I took a picture on the road, and it was quiet, and it looked like abroad, you know. And when they printed that picture for me, I wrote at the back, a package for exports. Euro, amen. Y2K. Um, Air Force, I never go that time. I'd never gone to the airport. Even to, to accompany somebody, you know. <laughs> make I even see how airport be. <laughs> there was no opportunity. Nobody was traveling around me. Those that traveled, traveled in secret. <laughs> they will get there and then call you. <laughs> they said they were going to Jogo for they will call you from America. Ah! Oh boy, you bad though. You said you were going to ah, no, Jogo. No, 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 no. So there was no opportunity. But I tell you, even back then, this mouth had not kept quiet. I am going to Europe. I am going to America. By the grace of God, is like knife now through butter. How are you using your mouth? Ah, don't die. Ah. Shakadeo. That's why Shakade your life now. Me, I don't know what Shapa is so. Or is Shapa the only one? Is Shapa Obe Shapa? Is Shapa soup? I don't know, Shapa. Psalm 37, 19. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine. In Shapa, they will have more than enough. Does Shapa day your life? Shapa day your house? Don't ever join them in the name of what is popular. Don't run yourself down. When they say Shapa, they say I'm blessed. When they are angry, say I'm blessed and highly favored. A, a copper was chatting with me some time ago. How are you, daddy? She calls me daddy. How are you, daddy? I say, I'm blessed and highly favored. How is your family? We are blessed and highly favored. How is the expression house? We are blessed and highly favored. How about the thing? We are blessed and highly favored. Say, ah, daddy, every time your response, blessed and highly favored. I say, are you angry? Say, no, I want to join also. I say, you better join. Auto response. Because it's registered in my spirit. You don't with me? Ah, you are fine. Fine for what's your fine? Who invented fine? Blessed and highly favored. Shout it, everybody. I'm blessed and highly favored. 
look at David, look at David, look at David. He said, I will give the cat. Look at this. I will take your head. I will smite you and take your head from you. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. God said, we are in Israel. Look, don't. We need to fight for this guy. The next verse. And all this assembly. David didn't stop talking. He kept talking. David is enough. He said, no. And this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And did it come to pass or not? The next verse says, and it came to pass. So the physical began to happen. David finished him in the realm of the spirit. David killed him with words. Paint the picture of the future you want to feature in with the word of God. Paint the picture of the future you want to feature in with the word of God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing will be able to stop you. What again do I want you to know? There's a lot to say, but I'll stop here because I'm driving on at my point. Number two discovery I've made. I found out <laughs> people of great faith are full of gratitude. People that have the attitude of faith are full of gratitude. They are grateful to God. They don't have a sense of entitlement. God, don't you know you should do this for me? Are you not my God? Did you not create me? Why did you create me when you knew that you couldn't take care of me? One of my uncles, he was brought from the village. By the way, I come from Iboropakoko, Ondo State, Nigeria. They brought him from the village, straight from the village to University of Ibadan to live with his elder brother. Who then was living in the big hill of another uncle of mine who was a professor, number 20 Parry Road. In the house of a professor, they eat like British people, white, small, small portion of food, rice, small, vegetable, plenty, meat can be big or moderate. If it's pounded yam, very small starch, you know, because they know all these things. But in the village, where this my uncle comes from, is a mountain of pounded yam. Normally, it's a, pounded, it's a, it's a mountain. And in Ondo State, in my part of Ondo State, they eat, no exaggeration, when it is yam season, they eat pounded yam in the morning. Pounded yam is available in the afternoon if you want. And pounded yam is available in the night. And some of my people are not tired. I don't know how. So this egg came from the village. And he was learning, they put him in mechanic workshop to learn how to do because his brain could not go to school. So egg will come, will be coming back home, he will miss his weight. Because everywhere in UI then looked, that senior staff quarters, all the houses looked similar. Like the houses of abroad and the road. Very clean back in the day. I still drive there once in a while just to relieve some old memories. Everyone will lose his way. They'll be looking for him. By the time they find him and bring him home. Ah! Why, why don't you study road? Why don't you know? Then they will give him food. The food will be small. One day he protested. He said, if you cannot feed me, Take me back to the village. He said it in our dialect. Tomaju bom Yamumarodeo Ode is hometown. Ilu. Tomaju bom ni Yamarodeo. There's this rubbish food. What kind of rubbish food are you giving me? We eat like we eat to capacity. Hallelujah. 
I could see the men from my hometown. In my own case, the greater one is on the inside. Amen? Glory be to God. He was not grateful because they were giving him small, small food. They were trying to train him. If you don't bear the pain of training, you will live with the pain of regret. There are two kinds of pain in life. People of faith go through training and through the process, they are grateful. People of the attitude of faith always have an attitude of gratitude, not a sense of entitlement. May the Lord give us understanding in the name of Jesus. Oh, David had an attitude of faith that sought to glorify God. That attitude always seeks to glorify God. He seeks to give glory to God, not to self. David had a heart that panted and thirsted after God. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the heart panted after the water brooks, so pant my soul after you, O God. Then when will I appear before the living God? Psalm 63, verses 1 and 2. O Lord, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee, my flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. What for? To see your power and glory as I've seen the sanctuary. Psalm 122. David so loved the house of God. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the expression house. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Attitude is a difference maker. It made the difference between, I will teach you this another time. Let me just mention it. I can't teach it. I'll teach you another time. Have you wondered why the same angel that gave a good message to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, gave a similar message to Mary, the mother of Jesus? Their responses were almost similar, but they got different results. Zechariah became deaf and dumb. Mary, nothing happened to her. And she gave birth. Attitude. Zechariah was like, how am I going to know? You said my, my wife will give birth to a child when I'm old. But the Bible says he was praying. So why did you keep praying? And when Gabriel came, Gabriel said, hey, Zechariah, please come to you. Your prayer has been heard. If you knew you didn't want a child, why did you keep troubling God? For Mary, she was not praying to give birth to the Savior. She didn't even know anything about Savior. So the news shocked her. Mary, did you know? Please, are you singing that song on Thursday? Make sure you sing it. God bless you, choir. I don't know the lyrics, but I, I like, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Are you fine? No, no, no. Mary, did you know? Mary was not even praying for, to, to give birth to the Savior. But she was blessed and highly favored. And all my brothers and sisters, you are blessed and highly favored. Mary said, how will it happen? The angel explained to her, and she said, be it unto me according to your word. May it be unto you according to the word of God. My number two point is that people of faith are full of gratitude. An example is David, the psalmist of Israel, who wrote in many of the psalms, expressing his gratitude to God. He was a grateful man. If you read 1 Chronicles 28 and 1 Chronicles 29, he said, who am I and what is my father's house? Who am I? People that humble themselves before God appreciate every little thing. In fact, God doesn't do anything little. Everything God does for them. 
people that have a sense of entitlement there, what is it? Is it not my right? David was not like that. David, David was not an emilocon. David was, what is my father's house? That you will exalt me like this. That you will promote me. I'm not qualified. Somebody in Nigeria is saying, I'm qualified. Eminently qualified. Eminently. It's my turn. David said, I don't even know any. Even if they arrange the terms, it will never be my, my father's turn. But God chose me. Ah, God has chosen you. It's not a prayer. I've told you what God has done. Say thank you for choosing me, Lord. That's the right attitude. I don't have time to read all the scriptures. Abraham, our father, is another example. In Romans chapter 4, on the screen please, verses 19 to 22. Abraham was strong in faith. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was weak in faith, strong in faith. As a sign that he was strong in faith, what was he doing? I give all glory to the Lord, he reigns. Giving glory to the Lord, he reigns. Oh, he reigns, he reigns, he reigns. Ah, giving glory to the Lord. Adoration, adoration to the Lord, he reigns. Hey, adoration to the Lord. He That's what you're supposed to be doing every morning. He reigns, he reigns, he reigns. Ah, adoration to the Lord. Soon lie your you don't know that one. for mother the boy to Obongesi and Judah, Afomototi Boitoro, Interpretation, Lion of the tribe of Judah, You are worthy to be praised, Lion of the tribe of Judah, You are worthy to be praised, mm -hmm. That is how to wake up. Sing it, sing it, come on, sing it if you know it. Sing it, uh -huh. sing it. Bless you guys. That one that you sang this morning, Deborah. Next time, please put interpretation on that. It will help us to appreciate the song more. I love that song. I don't know the meaning. Anasi. Anasi. Hallelujah. Anasi. Hallelujah. Jehovah. Meliwa. Oh, Meliwa. 
Amen. Anasi, hallelujah. Anasi. Pastor, you are young. I pepper the devil with those songs every morning. Even the one I don't say, God, you know. Anasi, hallelujah. God, you understand? The, I'm, I'm making melody in my heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 19 to 22. That's what I'm living. I sing in Yoruba. I go very deep in it. Just to express my gratitude to God. I woke up today not because of the Okoroko I ate last night. Not because of the abono soup my wife gave me. Not because of multivitamins, but because of his mercy. People of faith are people of gratitude. Let me tell you why. It is easier to praise God when you get alert. That's why when some people are dancing in church, they say, fake. What when there is no alert at all? They will come here. They won't put the L. Lion of Judah. Lady Lion. But let them get a lot of 50 kids. Hell, hell, Lion of Judah. So when you don't get a lot, your God lose. We serve a God that never loses. Can I have an amen? amen? People of faith are full of gratitude. Grateful for the life that I live. The breath in my nostrils. Let me wrap up, please. Are you getting blessed, church? Abraham gave thanks to God in spite of the deadness of Sarah's womb and the deadness of his own body. He didn't consider that, but he gave glory to God. I'll give you the last one. Okay, second to the last. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, 25 to 34. They had been taken, beaten, battered, and broken. Their hands and legs were bleeding from the chains that they used to bind them in the midst of that kind of condition. How many people can praise God? I went to preach the gospel, then they arrested me and beat me blue black, blood in my mouth, blood in my hands, blood in my leg, and you still want me to use that mouth, bloody mouth to praise God? It's a time to complain. What? Well, God, I will go back to my lecturing job. Oh. You called me from lecturing job. Why? Is this why you called me to, be, to make me suffer? Paul was a lawyer. He was a top-notch lawyer. He left that noble profession. You know, lawyers, they say we are the people of the noble profession. When they want to refer to one another, they say my learned colleagues, as if the rest of us are not learned. Paul said, I count it all dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. He said, that's enough for me. What? And then they beat him like a criminal. And he and Silas at midnight. They pray, they pray, they pray. They were not praying for deliverance. I figured they were praying thanksgiving prayers. If they were praying for deliverance, the moment the earthquake happened and the chains were loosed, Guess what? Oh, delay. 
eni ori yo o dile o dile ile koko ntagbe ife afewe he would have escaped Paul didn't go anywhere when the jailer wanted to kill him says hey don't kill yourself we are here we day here we day the man said hey, you are here please men and brethren what shall I do to be saved salvation came to his house the one beating them yesterday God showed up on the platform of praise and worship, giving thanks to God in the midst of chains. It's easier to praise God when things are going well. What about when things are going awry? You lost money, they duped you, business went bad, something, somebody jilted you, somebody broke your heart, somebody lied on you. Can you praise God? Can you say, God, still you are good. I failed that exam, <laughs> but you are still my God. That is faith. Some people are not in church today because they, they repeated one course. The God of Pastor Fred. God of You want to invite people to church again? Shebi, I used to invite people to God, to church. I invited, invited. What did God invite into my life? Failure. And they are bitter and they are angry with God. May God have mercy on them. Because they don't have spiritual understanding. Their God is the God of bread and butter. The day he gives me bread and butter, I will worship. The day he doesn't give anything, let him be on his own. Not Paul and Silas. And at midnight, they prayed. And then they began to sing. They sang out loud. And the order, the Bible said, they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. It was not silent praises. The God of Abraham is he. And Jacob in chains. Silas who took Belenyi. Jehovah, the God of old. His mercy is endured forever and ever. Oh, glory to the God of old. Some of us are ashamed of the gospel. In your school, you can't sing out loud. Because you don't want your friends to look at you like, ah, are you alright? You don't fit in. Because what they sing, and they're loud about their own music. Otaiwoye is the current one now. You know, I never hear those lyrics. I never hear what those boys sing. So, I say it as it occurs in my hearing. I was somewhere, and I saw some Christians digging it. Oh yeah, Otaiwoye, 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 Otaiwoye. I say, hey, hey, I want to, I want to, ah, Christian, what about me? Oh, I say, hey, hey, Chineke. Oh, I say, what is he saying? Is he cussing? Hey, maybe he's speaking, he's singing it in his dialect. Oh, I say, I want to, I want to, I say, okay. But the same you cannot get up from bed in the morning and scatter your room with praises to the God of your life's journey. The one who gives you every breath in your nostril. The one that puts blood in your circulatory system so that you can move around. That you are still here. You are still alive. Some of them, I was robbed yesterday. Thank God they did not stab your neck. What would we have done today? But I've been having a morning service. Thank God! It didn't get worse. If 
if they stole a phone, God can give multiple, and he will give multiple. You will still be buying new phones for you as gifts, birthday gifts. Happy birthday, iPhone 29. Bah. Can I have an amen? When you wake up in the morning, be grateful to God. Paul, thank God in the midst of chains. Silas joined him. And God responded. They generated the corporate anointing. The anointing shook that place. There was an earthquake. The building did not collapse. It was a supernatural earthquake. Normally, if there's an earthquake there, the building should collapse. It didn't collapse. The kind of earthquake that is sent to chains, I don't understand it. You don't get it. If somebody is bound in chains, and people are bound in chains in the building, and there's an earthquake, earthquake has nothing to do with chains. It will just destroy the building. In their case, the earthquake did not destroy the building. It destroyed the chains. Because there is power. Come on now. There is power in the name. What does it do? All the chains were broken. The other prisoners that didn't join praise worship, even the blessing rubbed off on them. All their chains were broken. Jesuja, sheke sheke mi, okuo somidalaye, ejere iebiye, ofirami bada. Songs you should be singing. That way, will not carry you anywhere. Not carry you anywhere. When trouble comes, eh? You say, You can't remember The last example, our Lord Jesus Christ, our perfect example. He lived the life of thanksgiving. In John chapter six. He was faced with a situation. How do I feed 5,000 men? Ah! Philip, how much bread do we need to buy? Philip said, okay, one. If we buy 200 penny worth of bread, it can't be enough to go around for each of them to take a bite. Two, we don't have bakeries around there that can accommodate to bake for these people. Westmead is here. The, the capacity is only 200. These are 20,000 people, 5,000 men. Or 16,000 people, 4,000 men. If we had fortunate bread, we had value bread, we had, which, which other bread is popular? Yale bread, uh -huh. food co bread, uh -huh. teeth bread, bobo bread, uh -huh. boss bread, oluwache or your bread, sebilo, sebilo la wajemba da hikere, sebilo, mangubwa eru, mamalemwa ole beori, sebilo, they mix it with ham, mix it like this. Philip said, Oga, impossible. On the platform of thanksgiving, Jesus turned impossibility to possibility. They said, but there's a little boy. Andrew came and said, sir, there's a little boy here with five loaves and two fishes. But what is that among so many? Philip did not know that our God does not need the multitude to win a battle. He doesn't need the multitude to win a battle. One with God is majority. Ah, he will give you victory without you lifting a finger. 
took the bread and the fish. And the Bible says, he gave thanks. Verse 11. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. And the moment it did, it multiplied. Listen, do you want a multiplication of the blessings of God in your life? Then start giving thanks. Thanksgiving multiplies the blessings of God in your life. When you thank God for anything, that thing multiplies. Thank God for your life. Your, your life multiplies. Your days will multiply. I used to wash my car every morning. The green car. When we just got it. And after a while, it was getting older. I was still washing it and cleaning it. One day, my neighbor came and said, we're living in Asia at the time. Why are you always washing it? an old car. Why are you washing every day? I said to him, I never read it in the Bible. I never heard from anybody. I said, when you give thanks to God for what he has done, he will multiply that thing. He said, say that again. I said, when you give thanks to God for that which he has done, he will multiply it. What? Okay, oh, be giving thanks. So he walked away. Has it multiplied today or not? My hair is too small. I don't like this hair. God, look at look at me now. Look at me now. Long hair. Look at me now. Short, short, short. Robo, robo, afibi, robo. Every day, that's what you are saying. It will continue to be robo, robo, afibi, robo. But when you say, Lord, this curly hair is not so long, but I thank you for it. It's so cute. But you know my desire. Let it be long. But I thank you for this because it's, oh, it's beautiful. You won't know when it will start growing. You won't know. One day, you just wake up. Ah! I don't have rubber rubber again, no. How many of us like it when people are always full of complaints? When you do something, you do something for them, they don't ever say thank you. Ah, my wife, my wife, my wife detests that thing. When she cooks like this, and we taste the food, she expects us to say, oh, wow, lovely, thank you. Then we can now lodge complaints. But some of us, we are so anointed. Ah! Okay. But I've repented. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Have you been blessed this morning?